0: My name is Emmy McGee, I'm a senior at Covenant, and I'll be attending Hope College in the fall. Growing up, I believed my faith belonged to my parents, and I fought with perfectionism and pride. At the beginning of high school, my friend group changed, as well as a lot of the things that were important to me. However, God was still faithfully pursuing me. He caught my full attention when I read the famous words of St. Augustine, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. These, life, these lines served as a lifeline, a lighthouse shining in the storm. That was the very purpose I had been looking for. The Lord has made us for himself. That was the greatest, most challenging, satisfying, and rewarding purpose I could pursue. The weight of my sin and need for a savior was evident, and I trusted my life fully to Christ. Once desperate to seem perfect, The Spirit gave me the strength to show my brokenness and weakness fully to Him and to the people in my life. I thank the Lord daily for the hardships I faced and the way they taught me to walk with and depend on Jesus. While there are countless things I could share that God taught me through these seasons, I want to tell you about God's sovereignty through the season I'm in right now. Over the past two years, I have experienced a physical and mental health battle that has brought me to my knees. At the end of my sophomore year, I began battling with insomnia. Averaging at about three hours of sleep a night launched me into a vicious cycle of debilitating migraines, daily nausea, and perpetual exhaustion. Lying awake for hours at night, utterly alone, is a torture I cannot describe. Most days, I physically could not get out of bed. And even on the days I could, I really didn't want to. Anxiety about my situation crippled me, and if I'm being honest, I found myself asking whether I even wanted to live anymore. I was at rock bottom and didn't know how to approach God because my health and my spirit were in shambles. I was so mad at him. Why do the people around me get to do everything they wanted to do? I slowly had to back out of all my commitments. I even had to leave school in the middle of my junior year. In the months of constant doctor's appointments, intensive therapy, medicine trial and error, and everything in between, the Lord began to feel very distant. Much like the disciples on the Sea of Galilee, I felt as though my boat was coming down with the storm, and the Lord was sleeping. I was almost forced into the most humbling posture, for I physically could not make it through a day on my own strength. I read lamenting Psalms of David. I learned what it meant to bring honesty and ugliness to the throne of God. I began to cling more deeply to him and cry out more desperately for him. Even though he felt less active, I begged to see glimpses of his character and of his heart. It's so funny to me, looking back on the easiest time of my life, I was the most blind to the Lord. And now, while I'm in the hardest season I have yet to endure, rather than God feeling distant, I have learned to see him everywhere. I am comforted that the Jesus I follow took on flesh and knows physical pain like no one else, but he is also the Lord of the universe. Almost every morning, I recite the same verses to myself. Whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth, there is nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So the story ends as we know it always does. Jesus calms the waters in his sovereign timing. Though for me, that may not be now. Storms never mean that Jesus is not on his throne. He is in control and his plans are so much better than mine. I've learned and experienced two things to be true and two things I want you to hear. One, God is always in control. And two, he meets you in your desperation and walks with you to its completion. There is nothing else but Jesus. I pray for everyone in this room that we would stop our head from swiveling back and forth to see the things of the earth, that we would fix our eyes on our gracious, mighty, eternal God and our destination of eternity with him. The Lord's plan will not be thwarted and we can rest in that. So I encourage you to wrestle with God. Don't just approach him when you feel presentable or worthy. In him is a hope that is an anchor for the soul. In a deep joy that is indescribable, so indescribable, you can't help but want to share what the Lord has done in your life. Thank you for listening to my story.
1: Hey guys, <clears throat> my name is Andrew Bush and I'm a senior at Highland Park and will be attending Baylor University in the fall. Looking at me on stage tonight, it might be easy to assume that I have it all together and that everything is going great in my life. But let me be real, for me, high school has had some ups and downs I would like to share with you. I grew up in a Christian home with a loving family who taught me the love of Christ for as long as I can remember. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was seven, but did not truly understand what it meant to fully surrender my life to Christ. I knew what the Bible had to say, and I knew the right answers in church, but I was not truly living out what I was saying. This went on from the time I accepted Christ all the way until the summer before my freshman year. That summer, I went to Camp Barnabas with Watermark and saw the pure love and joy for Jesus Christ everywhere I looked. For the first time I can remember, I truly wanted to fully pursue a stronger relationship with Christ. I started to make Christ a part of my everyday life. I was constantly reading scripture and praying. This continued the rest of the summer and went into the school year, and I felt truly all in in my faith. I started to pursue membership at Watermark, and I felt like I had a good group of friends that believed in the same things I did. And most importantly, I also had great community that were doing the same things I was doing so I felt like no matter what happened, I would have other people with me experiencing the same things I was. This all changed when COVID hit. Instead of using all the extra time at my disposal and further strengthening my relationship with the Lord, I instead fell out of touch with the Lord and would rarely find myself communicating with Him. By the time I started hanging out with people again, I started to notice that many of my peers around me started to succumb to the things of this world. Since I feared what people thought of me, I turned a blind eye to a lot of these things in hopes that I would be liked and accepted by others. This went on for most of my sophomore and junior year until things got really bad. I talked to Will McElroy on the Shoreline team, and we decided that it was best for me to slowly distance myself from who I was hanging around. This led to an all-time spiritual low for me. It led to even more spiritual apathy, anxiety, and depression for me. I felt more isolated than ever, and for one of the first times in my life, I began to question God and his plan. Then about two months later, I began interning for Summer Shoreline, and my faith took off. Just seeing other people my age truly living out the things I wanted to live out encouraged me to open myself back up to God and to start truly living for Christ. Doing the internship program gave me increased accountability to take my faith seriously and to get in the word constantly. Doing this program helped me learn of many areas in my life that needed improving, such as pride, the sin of comparison, and not trusting in the Lord. The knowledge and habits I learned during the program this past summer have carried into this year, and while my walk with the Lord certainly isn't perfect, it's at the best it has been and continues to get better every day. If you can relate to my experience, I would like to leave you with one verse, which is Galatians 1.10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. In this world, it may be tempting to try to please both God and man, but trying to win the approval of others amounts to nothing, but seeking out the approval of the Lord is everything. Thank you for listening to my story.
2: Hi, guys. I'm Mercedes, and I'm a senior at Pierce High School. I'll be attending Baylor University in the fall. Looking at me on stage, it can be easy to assume that I have it all together and that everything is going great in my life. But let me be real for a moment. For me, high squads and up and downs that I'd love to share with you. I grew up in a Christian household with parents who loved me and always wanted the best for me. While all they wanted was for me to try my hardest, I wanted perfection in my life. My childhood was marked early on by my own high expectations of how I should perform in school or sports, and even with friends and family. And when I fell short, I let it define my worth and God's goodness. I started to question God even more when my parents separated for a few months. Why was then who wants the best for me have my dad go away? Why me? Was I not good enough? Turns out these questions were answered during this period of doubt. As I spent time with my dad, I realized that God was working in his life and this was all part of God's plan. God had a good plan the entire time. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. God in his goodness allowed my dad to work on his faith, forgiveness within the family to occur, and for him to come home. Middle school was a rough spot where I got made fun of for being too Christian, even though behind the scenes I was not pursuing a relationship with God. Going into high school, I decided to continue school volleyball and club volleyball and made the freshman A team at my school. At that time, I thought this was the best thing that had happened to me. I had a new set of friends and was excited because they weren't all good Christian people, and I was hoping they would get me out in the world. Little did I know that volleyball would totally alter my life. I had never experienced anxiety before, and it hit me hard. Am I good enough for these people, these coaches? Why did I do that? Will they remember that? Will they hold it against me? With not having a firm grasp on my faith that time, I spent my days consumed by anxious thoughts. Going into sophomore year, my anxiety got worse. I was on a new club team and the JV team at school, and I felt like I had absolutely nothing going for me. My thoughts were out of control. I never felt good enough for volleyball, had feelings of having no worth towards family and friends, and I was so overwhelmed. I would overthink everything said to me. I was so distant from God, and because I didn't have a close relationship with him, I thought he wouldn't be there for me. I wore myself out to a point where in October of 2020, I didn't think it was worth being here and was so close to taking my life. I don't know what changed in my mind that night, but something told me, don't do it. So instead of going through with my initial plan, I decided to write my mom a note and ask her for help. I started going to therapy and quit volleyball altogether. By the grace of God, I'm still here today. Having a chance to restart my mental health journey also gave me the chance to restart my faith that I'd lost along the way and pursue a relationship with God. That same year, I went to Pine Cove like I had done every summer, but this year was different. There was a shift in me. On the last night, they asked us to surrender what was heavy on our hearts. That night, I gave it all to God. Everything I had been struggling with that year, I gave it to him, and I asked him to walk with me. The peace that came afterward was amazing. I had found true rest. Exodus 33:14 says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. As I considered my high school years, I started to get more plugged into my small group and got to know people that loved the Lord and also loved me. They love loved me even through my hardest times. I am so grateful for what the Lord has done and the people He's brought into my life since that October. My story is not finished as I still struggle with taking my thoughts captive and it is hard to let God have all the control of my life and be satisfied with the way things are. But then I remember the verse that marks my life. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29:11. If you can relate to my experience, here is how I would encourage you to respond. Even when you feel like the world is against you, the Lord has never left your side. He will always be there and will forever be there. This perspective totally alters your life because it means you can go to him about anything whatever you want. My prayer is that you would not wait to be real with God and the people around you. Thanks for letting me share.
3: Hey guys, my name is Vanessa and I will pursue a Bachelor's of Science in Nursing, Social Work, or Nutrition. It might seem that I'm just a regular high school student, but let me be real. In my high school experience, I had some ups and downs that I would love to share with you. I grew up in a Catholic household, went through a Catholic program my parents placed me in, and did what was expected of me, but did not know what I was doing. In my late middle school years, I was introduced to the God of the Bible and Christian faith. I started attending church at first. I was confused, but observed as my sister and her husband's lives changed as we followed God, which encouraged me to continue and attend church and learn more. I soon realized that God was present, active in lives, and cared, even for those who seemed to have done everything wrong. I remember being at the ministry wake and crying right after the service because I understood the weight of my sin, that God still loves me, and that he made a way for me to be reconciled to him, and I didn't have to live in shame of letting my past of sexual sin and stealing define me. In this moment, I placed my faith in Christ. Despite fear of what others might think about me, I knew I needed to confess my sins to leaders and sisters as well. When I confessed, I was met with love from my leaders and was reminded of God's grace and forgiveness, as it says, John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. Throughout the years, I have begun to realize that God knows everything. He knew what I was going to do and soon to do, yet he died for all of it. I started to remind myself of this truth daily, which led to healing and seeking a relationship with God. Growing in my need for God, I have begun reading the Bible and made meeting with my small group more intentional. The fruit of this has been the Lord showing me my tendency to people-please, which limits my sharing the gospel with others. Although expressing my faith felt hard, I talked to God and asked others to pray for boldness to share God with friends and family. And through time, God has brought me to situations where, with his help, I can share my story and beliefs with others. There are still times I struggle with thoughts of shame, desire to isolate, and feeling unworthy. However, through God's strength in me, I keep talking to my leaders and sisters, discussing my thoughts regularly and being reminded of God's grace. If you can relate to my experience, I would encourage you to respond by letting your leaders know what is on your mind right now and what you're currently struggling with. Confession and opening your heart to others is crucial. And whatever you are facing, you should not go through it alone. When shame comes, remember Psalm 103, 10 through 12 says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed our transgressions from us. God gives strength and love, but we must also receive this love and pursue a relationship with him. I pray that God would give you the boldness to be real with God and the people around you. God loves you, we are his, and he makes us new. Thanks for letting me share.
4: Hey, y'all, my name is Charlie Ratliff, and I'm a senior at J.J. Pierce High School. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from pornography, people-pleasing, dishonesty, and self-doubt. I am thankful for the opportunity to be real with y'all tonight. I have grown up going to church and being taught about God, who he is, and what he has done for me. The knowledge that God sent his son to die for me so that I can live became known to me early on, but my life didn't reflect one who was was following Christ. I was exposed to pornography for the first time in the fourth grade, which was also the year that we moved from Lake Highlands to Richardson, and I had to move to public school. I had to make all new friends, and school was so different from my old small private school. I fell into pornography, and it made me feel good, but I felt super guilty when I, was, when I would indulge in it, and I knew it was wrong. I was known as the good Christian kid, especially when I came into public school, and I didn't want to mess that up. I lied a lot to keep my good status, though. I didn't think that lying was harmful until I got to the point that I would be in a conversation with my friends or my parents and everything I was saying was false without realizing. Both of those sins, both of those sins put me in a very hard patch from, for a while but I, but I just bottled it up and threw it under the bed. Later when I was in high school, I again came into an, another new school not knowing anybody. It was probably the toughest year of my life. I had no friends, I ate lunch alone, and i was drowning in my new school classes that i had not i was not prepared for i was never the kid to cry like basically ever but that year i had multiple mental breakdowns which also led me to falling into the trap of pornography again i was lost and had no friends but quickly i uh, but luckily i have uh, an amazing family who loves me and who is always by my side to constantly remind me that christ is always with me and a forever shoulder to cry on. I prayed and stayed in constant communication with him, and he answered prayers at the end of my freshman year. An old friend of mine reached out to me with a phone call to ask me if I wanted to come and hang out with her in her friend group. I looked up and thanked God. He does listen to our prayers and blesses us. God has a plan for each and every one of us, but they all look different. We have to ride some roller coasters to witness his beauty and miracles, but it is so worth it, So keep running and calling his name. Once I got into this new friend group, we got so close and were hanging out basically every day of the summer. I was excited to have people to go to with anything and to have a great time hanging out and doing whatever with. This brought brought me a lot of joy. The only thing wrong with it was that I was, it was my main priority and I was gaining all of my joy from those friends instead of Christ. It soon became toxic. It it soon became a toxic friend group, and I loved the feeling of being included, so I didn't want to part ways with any of them. As time went on, the group slowly fell apart. I bounced around in a few friend groups. uh, As I started my junior year, I went to Pierce Young Life one night. I had been going to to Young Life since freshman year, but it never really grew more than a social event to me. I enjoyed having a good time with with my people, but that night of the first club, I went to Brahms afterwards with everyone, and I met one of my leaders and he added me onto the group chat and the next day, I received a text from the other leader, and he reached out because he reached, he reached out to me. He introduced himself and was curious to get to know me. I was a little shocked that some that some cool older guy was inter- interested in building a relationship with me. I was grateful for this blessing from God, and when my leader and I met up, he asked me about my, about my journey. Then he shared a small testimony of his. Darren encouraged me constantly how to be a light in our darkened world. He was very inclusive, caring, and outgoing with myself and the other guys in our small group, being a strong example of the fruits of the Spirit. My focus centered back on Jesus, and I am so thankful for the people God put in my life like Darren. God doesn't put us in this life to bear, to bear it on our own he wants us to live in community with others when i surround myself with other with other believers i find that i want to depend on christ more because we all have the same goal and we want and we get to all encourage and love each other as jesus does if i can fill my spirit full then i if i can fill my spirit full then i starve my flesh and there's no room for the devil to defeat me when i have my eyes fully fixed on jesus christ i have dwelled on the lie that i can get through my days depending on my own strength and willpower and that I do not need one-on-one intimate time with the Lord. I have to choose him every day. The Lord has recently been teaching me patience and grace with others and a way that helps me get into the right headspace for those things is to daily find things I am thankful for in life, big or small. Being thankful is praising God for the gifts he has blessed us with every, in every aspect of our life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus for you. We we are called to praise our Lord and to have our minds always on the things of God, to be in constant communication with Him so that every moment may be as fruitful as possible. I heard Toby Bryant say this one time, God is great. God is great. It doesn't get any simpler than that, but until you have to pick up that cross that you can't carry and he picks it up for you and carries you on the cross, then you know that God is so great and died on the cross for our sins. I used to think I had to carry around my sins as burdens, and I thought people could just see right through me and judge me for the sins I've committed. I thought my sins defined who I was as a person, but No. When Christ died for our sins, he nailed each and every sin and burden we carry to the cross with him. That is how much he loves us. John three sixteen through 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We are saved when we choose him. If you can relate to any part of my story, I want to, I want to leave you with this truth: If you constantly choose Jesus, sin will no longer have control over you. Let go of the weights and burdens and rejoice in God's truth that your Savior died so that you so that you may live. Give give up trying to do things all on your own, no matter if you think that it is easier and a safer way out. Christ has so much more in store for you. your life than you think and that you can figure out on your own give up your pride and run to the father remember that God is great and he is enough thank you for listening to my story
2: hello
5: everyone my name is Catherine I have a new life in Christ and I am recovering from shame perfectionism and an eating disorder this fall I am excited to start attending Dallas Baptist University where I'll be majoring in sociology While it may seem like I have everything together from the outside, allow me in a moment to be honest with you all. Before I knew God, I had been dealing with feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness. At a young age, I was adopted from Russia, leaving me with questions about my worth and my identity. Even though my parents introduced me to Christian values and teachings, I still felt unworthy. As a child, I believed that if I made good grades, went to church, and listened to my teachers, I would be a good person and could be loved. I accepted Christ into my heart in elementary school, yet I didn't truly understand God or his character. I knew I was a sinner, but I did not think God could love me when I was imperfect. As a result, I learned to lie and to cover up my sins so that no one would know I was struggling. I created a facade of perfection with my lies and high standards. In eighth and ninth grade, my family went through a financially and emotionally difficult time. I felt powerless to fix the situation and did my best to fly under the radar. However, I still craved to fill the hole my adoption had left. So I decided to try living my way without God. I entered into an unhealthy relationship without my parents' knowledge. Eventually, the relationship took a turn and I was unable to protect myself, protect or advocate for myself. Additionally, because of dance, I began to idolize my body and how it looked, thinking I would be loved if I looked a certain way. Both of these issues escalated and I felt like I was drowning. Thankfully, COVID hit and I was able to separate myself from the toxic environment and relationships. However, I still lived in fear and thought that I could, never tell, and I could never tell anyone what I had been through. During quarantine, I began to reevaluate my heart and my faith. I poured myself into scripture and realized that God was not who I thought he was. Psalm 86, 15 reads, But you, O Lord, are a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Through this, I discovered that God is who, God is who has made me worthy. Through a debate club I had randomly joined, God used two people to point me to scripture and help me gain perspective on what had really happened in that relationship. I slowly opened up to my parents about all that had occurred. I was met with love and grace. I went to counseling, which helped me process the hurt I had experienced and understand that it was not my fault or the result of my sin. Although what I experienced was hard, God taught me that he was always near and that through him I could overcome any hardship. I learned that his plan for me was perfect and that he would never abandon me. The Lord was able to use my story to encourage others who have had similar experiences and to point to his perfect plan. In 2021, I made a public declaration of my faith through baptism. Last semester, I went through region for Students to learn that my grades, appearance, and actions do not make me worthy of God's love. I am worthy in love simply because I am the Lord's and he has died for me. If you can relate to any part of my story, I encourage you to ask yourself, who is God and do I truly believe he is who he says he is? If you have any doubts about who he is, don't hesitate to ask questions and seek counsel. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, you will find me. Don't be afraid to run to him with your sins and your heart because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Finally, know that no matter what happens, God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. Thank you for letting me share.
6: Hi, y'all. My name is Caroline Leibel and I'm a senior at TCA. I'm going to Baylor in the fall to study nursing. I think it's easy to listen to testimonies from the seniors all throughout the year and at Senior Shoreline and assume that they've got it completely figured out. Each testimony talks of certain struggles throughout high school and how the Lord has intervened and changed their life. I think this is where we begin to assume that this is how it ends. I think it's worth mentioning, if we're going to be real, that each day is a choice to walk in the freedom that Christ has extended to us um, through his ultimate sacrifice of his life on the cross for us, that we may have the opportunity to become children of God. I'm going to reintroduce myself. Hi, my name is Caroline, and I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from misplaced identity, people pleasing, and anxiety. I grew up in a Christian home with parents who took me to church every Sunday. I learned all about who God is, and I knew all the right answers. I accepted Christ when I was six years old, but the extent of my relationship with him came from my knowledge of his death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection. I put my faith in the Lord, which sealed my salvation. However, I didn't form a personal relationship with God until I was older. In middle school, I developed the persona of the good Christian girl. I went to church every Sunday, I went to small group on Wednesdays, and I thought of myself as good. In reality, I didn't touch my Bible apart from Sunday, and I knew about God, but I didn't know who God was. In early middle school, I didn't see the major consequences of not walking with the Lord, so I continued living my life the way I saw fit and trying to fit God into the plans I had. I wrapped my identity in others' opinions of me and my performance based on my abilities. I developed a fear of failure, and my grades became the definition of my success. I developed a sense of pride in my own abilities rather than recognizing the work of God through my successes. In eighth grade, my friendships became the source of my self-worth. I spent all my time, energy, and focus pouring into these relationships. I placed them on a pedestal, and others' opinions were the only ones that truly mattered to me. Um, In high school, I struggled with my self-worth as I was constantly pouring out but never being poured into. I strived to be the girl that everyone liked, and I couldn't stand the idea of not being so. I changed my personality to fit in with the personalities around me. Um, I was overwhelmed with the pure exhaustion of constantly pouring out but never being poured into. I felt alone and truly unknown. At this point, I decided to start doing my quiet time again because what I What I was attempting to use to fill the void simply wasn't working. The more time I spent in the Word learning about who God is, the more I learned about how God views me. I learned that the only opinion that should matter to me is the Lord's, and my successes do not determine my value. Even though I continue to wrestle with wanting to please others, the Lord remains faithful and continues to pursue me. A verse that I turn to for a reminder is Galatians 1.10, which says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Even though I still struggle with trying to win the approval of man, my focus has shifted to that of an eternal one, realizing that the successes and failures of this world are fleeting. Therefore, I need to put my identity in the steadfastness of the Lord. Along with people pleasing, another struggle that came with high school was newfound anxiety. I was born with life-threatening allergies to milk, eggs, and peanuts. My early childhood was filled with weekly trips to the doctor's office, along with a few ER trips over the years. For the most part, I wasn't affected by these past experiences. However, this all changed in October of my freshman year. I had an allergic reaction to something I ate, and my throat began to close. My mom gave me the EpiPen, and the next thing I knew, I was spending six hours in the emergency room. The next day, I went to school, and I felt like the same thing was happening all over. Every time I ate, I felt like my throat was closing, even though I knew I wasn't allergic to the foods I was eating. The anxiety surrounding food began to bleed into other areas of my life, so much so that I couldn't go a day without having a panic attack. At this point, I realized something needed to change, but I just didn't know what. Um, I decided to do regeneration for students, and through this, I learned that the root of my problems stemmed from a desire for control. I was unwilling to let go and hand control over to the Lord. I knew that he had sovereignty over my life, but I didn't live my life in the freedom of releasing control. I am not perfect, and every day is a choice to hand over the control I want to cling to, but God's forgiveness is continual. A daily reminder to me is something that my dad would read to me every night when I was little from our Jesus Storybook Bible. And it says that God loves us with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. If you relate to any part of my story, I just want to reemphasize that the Lord's opinion is the only one that matters and our self-worth is not determined by the fleeting successes and failures defined by the world. It is a daily decision to have an eternal focus and not get wrapped up in trying to please those around us. One last thing, God ultimately has complete control over our lives, so save yourself a little trouble and don't try to cling on to a false sense of control be willing to live in the freedom that Christ has extended to us. Thank you for listening to my story. Hey y'all, my name is Paige Zina and I will be attending
7: Baylor University in the fall. I have a new life in Christ and I am recovering from control, people pleasing and anxiety. My high school years have consisted of many highs and lows that I would love to share. As I moved into my freshman year, God quickly began exposing my desire for control through the change that COVID brought and when my brother walked through a season of illness that the doctors struggled to find a cure for. During this, I started realizing God was using the change and unanswered questions to expose a deep desire to perform for people through my grades and athletics that continued into my sophomore year. That year of high school, I began to feel anxious and could not figure out why. The anxiety began revealing itself in the way I responded to those around me. I did not let people in, and I thought that I could hide it from my family and friends, which led to living in isolation. I continued to struggle with where the anxiety was coming from when God used a second knee injury halfway through my sophomore volleyball season to show my desire to find comfort in controlling my circumstances. Discouragement and anger towards God began setting deep into my heart. I began to put on a front that I was fine with another injury and told people that I trusted God's plan. But deep down, I was questioning his goodness. With my athletics taken from me for the rest of my sophomore year, I found myself becoming more focused on my grades and how people perceived me. School quickly became something I dreaded going to because I was constantly anxious. I began to struggle with social anxiety and found myself getting nervous being around people I had normally felt comfortable with. I began comparing my life to those around me and wondered why this was God's plan for me. I thought that I would be a burden to those around me if I let them in on how much I was truly struggling. Eventually, my parents saw through the mask I was putting on and encouraged me to share what I was going through with my community group. At first, I didn't want to, because I believed the lie that they would see me differently and love me less. I came to the realization that it was something I needed to do so that I would stop living in isolation. As soon as I shared my struggles with my community group, my leaders and friends reminded me that I was not alone, and they met me with encouragement, constantly checked in on me, and most importantly, they were praying for me. They encouraged me to attend Region for Students, which helped me find the root of my anxiety. My deep desire to control was not allowing me to trust God. I was looking for my identity in things of this world rather than in God, which left me feeling empty and alone. The Lord showed me the freedom of letting people in and reminded me that the people around me loved me, despite what I was struggling with. I started to see his goodness, even on the hard days, and was reminded that his plan was so much sweeter than mine could ever be. It says in 2 Corinthians 129 9-10, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This reminds me that my weakness is part of God's plan, and to trust in the Lord through any circumstance. There are still times I try to do it on my own, have insecurities creep in with my friendships, and days I struggle with social anxiety. God has used his word, his spirit, and his people to remind me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I can trust God, and he is good. As I have continued to share with my community group, I have been met with a picture of God's love for me with their example of patience, encouragement, and reminding me of truth. As I close, if any of you struggle with control, anxiety, or people-pleasing, I want to remind you that the Lord's plan is much sweeter than you can imagine, and that our freedom in Christ takes what robs you of joy and turns it into a peace that surpasses all understanding. From John 10.10, we read the thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us freedom. Trust that freedom, even in the hard moments. Don't carry your burdens alone. Trust God's plan. I can tell you from my experience that that is where true life is found. Thank you for listening to my story.
8: Good evening, my name is Biok, and I'll be attending the Dallas Baptist University this coming fall, or Silver City. Looking at me on stage tonight, it might be easy to assume that I have it all together, that everything seems perfect and all thought out, but let me be real. For me, high school had ups and downs that i love to share with you. By the grace of God, in 2018, I surrendered my life to the Lord at Cup Camps through a counselor sharing the whole unfiltered gospel to me. And for the first time, I understood the value of what Jesus did on the cross and in that tomb. Surely enough, I was on fire and ready for the transition to high school. However, my freshman and sophomore years of high school came with many troubles. I burdened myself with performance, with fitting in, with imperial relationships, and on top of that, I was still holding on to my addiction with pornography and lust. All these things I hid from the eyes of those who loved me. I struggled to connect with my family, and soon enough, I fell fell into depression and consistent thoughts of suicide and nights where I even pursued an attempt. I lived in sin... And as hard as it is to say I enjoyed my sins while I trusted in my salvation came wrapped with questions and disappointments towards God In the midst of this who I thought was a silent and cruel god was actually listening all along and very present Through this the Lord opened my eyes and convicted my heart and changed my perspective of him I did not have a problem with sin I had a problem with God the very words that began my heart's transformation I was so caught up on the fact that my, I was so caught up on my mistakes and burdens I never understood that they were already nailed to the cross and left for dead. God then demonstrated answer prayers by guiding me to new friends who reached for my heart and invited me to small groups, service, and ultimately to a new life. God proceeded to call me into the work for his kingdom in pursuit of ministry one day. Even through this, it came with many moments of waiting and hardship my junior and senior year. It may come as a surprise, but I struggled with my sexual sins through junior year, with loneliness and a lot of moments where my heart was hardened and questioned God's power to save anyone, let alone me. And for seasons I doubted. Psalms 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. Although I was skeptical, God continued to pursue my heart and reminded me constantly of his character and of his will. He continues to remind me that nothing and no gift will fulfill like he does. Although I have been surrendered to him, I am just now understanding to walk with him. Tonight, I can say that God has connected me with his people. He's given me opportunities to lead, if it is in worship of Psalms or worship of life. He's blessed me with new hope and the hope that he's sufficiently good. And with what two minutes could, could have been the end of my story, God took that brokenness and has turned it into a better story of eternity waiting to happen. If you can relate to my experience, here's how I would encourage you to respond. Psalms 50:17, For the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Realize that God does not call you to come to him when you are perfect and sinless, but that God calls you right now in this moment. I challenge you to not wait on someone else's words, but taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. My prayer is that you wouldn't hesitate to be real with God and with the people around you. Thanks for listening to my story.
9: Hey guys, my name is Kelly Maha, and I'll be attending Harding University in the fall. Looking at me on stage tonight, it might be easy to assume that I have it all together, that everything is going great in my life. But let me be real. For me, high school had some ups and downs that I'd love to share with you. I have had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home with two loving parents and two sisters who are my best friends. My parents took me and my sisters to church every Sunday morning and Wednesday night growing up. Because of this, I was able to learn about God and his relentless love for me at a very young age. When I was eight, I attended vacation Bible school, where I understood the story of the gospel for the first time and accepted Christ into my heart. Even after this act of faith, I did not truly understand what it meant to be a follower of Christ, and everything I learned about the Bible became a source of pride. I knew all the right answers, which made me feel superior, but I was not living a Christ-centered life. As I entered middle school, my life was consumed with comparison and people-pleasing. I was playing sports, had plenty of friends, and made good grades, but I felt empty inside. In the middle of ninth grade, my parents sat me and my sisters down and explained that we would be moving nine hours away from our home in Alabama to Dallas, Texas. This was a jarring announcement and one that left me questioning God's goodness. I left Alabama feeling angry and spiteful toward the Lord with no hope for my future in Dallas. When we arrived in Dallas in January of 2020, my family began attending Watermark. I was placed in a small group with incredible leaders and girls who immediately began showering me with the love of Christ. I was poured into and quickly came to realize that my anger toward the Lord was entirely misplaced. He had not abandoned me, and moving states away from my home was not a punishment. Rather, it was an opportunity to grow in my faith. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. After digging deep, I realized that my anger was rooted in my sinful desire to control my life. Proverbs 3.5 resonates with me in many ways and serves as a reminder that I am not on earth to do what makes me happy or stay in my comfort zone. Instead, I am here to share the love of Christ through whatever situation he places me in. My life did not immediately get easier once I began to trust the Lord. The COVID-19 pandemic hit just three months after my move and threatened the new friendships that I had made in Dallas. Stuck in isolation, I once again began to fear the future and doubt the Lord's faithfulness. During this time, several of my new friends continuously reached out to me and checked on me daily. I was encouraged to continue to read my Bible and grow in my faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. This verse reminds me of how incredibly important faith is. My faith in the Lord means continual surrender to him in the midst of my feelings and emotions. My journey to fully surrendering my life to the Lord has not been an easy one, and if I'm honest, there are still many days where I doubt the goodness of God. However, through dependence on the Lord and daily application of his word, I am able to fight these thoughts. If you can relate to any part of my story, I want to leave you with one last reminder. There is nothing in this world that can bring you peace apart from the Lord. I challenge you to turn away from doubt today and start fully trusting the Lord. Thank you for listening to my
10: story. Hey, y'all. My name is Bryn Bradley, and I'll be attending CannaCook Link in the fall. Looking at me on stage tonight, it may be easy to assume that I have it all together, that everything is going great in my life. But let me be real. For me, high school had some ups and downs that I'd love to share with you. I've been so blessed to have a family that raised me to know who Jesus is and what he has done for me at the cross. At age seven, I accepted Jesus into my heart at summer camp. However, my summer camp high for Jesus did not, did not last long. I continued to live every day for my own comfort and relying on my own strength. I never pursued Christ in my own life or in any relationships I had. Depending on self and not seeking a relationship with Christ left me always wanting to be in control and feeling anxious when I did not know what was happening around me. Fast forward to the end of my freshman year of high school, the start of COVID, my worst nightmare happened. Everything in my life was out of my control and I was completely uncomfortable and overwhelmed. I gave into Satan's lies and extreme anxiety took over and I spent my entire sophomore year online with the fear of the unknown. I went those first few months relying on my own strength to navigate my life. I was constantly let down and felt empty. That's when I realized I cannot do life on my own. Something had to change and I began to understand that my relationship with Christ was not what it should be. I only said I was a Christian but in my head and behind closed doors, I was not allowing God to direct my life and to take on my burdens. I was dead in my sin and consumed in my comfort. 2 Corinthians 1.5 says, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. I had been trying to control my life when it was already in God's hands, and by grace through his work on the cross, there is comfort. So during my sophomore year of high school, I surrendered my life to Jesus knowing that my life is his and I can only find true comfort and true peace in the Lord. Today, I fully believe that Jesus is my savior and my peace. God is in control no matter what we face. John 16, explains it best as Jesus calls out to God before his death and says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace in a world where there's tribulation, but take heart for I've overcome the world. Jesus reminds us that in him, there's an overwhelming peace that we cannot get from this world. We should not fear because our battle has already been won. This verse has been so evident in my life. As last October, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is cancer in the lymph nodes. My whole life was put on pause as I had tumors in my vocal cords, my lungs, and my heart, everything I needed to keep breathing. As you can imagine, I was terrified, but I felt a peace beyond understanding almost immediately, knowing that this is a part of God's plan and that no matter the outcome, my battle had already been won. Yes, every day was a challenge, and some nights I would stay awake, afraid that I might not wake up, but even though I was at my weakest moments, I've never been stronger because God is my strength. Now here I am, by the grace of God, two months cancer-free, and I can stand here today and say I'm thankful for the struggle because the struggle showed me that I cannot do life on my own, that God is my savior and my healer. If you can relate to my experience in any way, here's how I would encourage you to respond. You are not alone in this world. God is with you and has taken on your burdens in doubt, in fear, in uncertainty, in everything good good and bad. Rely on the Lord and feel his overwhelming peace and comfort. God's got you. Thanks for letting me share.
1: Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. For more information on Watermark students,
8: check out watermark.org students. And we love you guys so much. We're glad you joined us. We hope you share this episode with a friend. I will talk to you next time.